0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks.
1: In this episode, meet Dr. Daniel Siegel and Dr. Tina Payne Bryson, Beth Newell and Jackie Ann Ruiz, and Dr. Kara Natterson. These authors have written illuminating parenting books that will change the way you think about raising children and actually decrease your stress about it at the same time. Go behind the mic and find out what inspired them to write and read their audiobooks. Enjoy.
2: Hi, my name is Daniel Siegel, and I'm the co-author with Tina Payne Bryson of The Power of Showing Up. Tina Bryson and I wrote The Power of Showing Up in order to give parents a foundational understanding of the field of attachment research and its deep applications to how we can parent our children with what we call the four S's, how they can be seen, safe, soothed, and secure, which leads to a life of resilience and well-being, to be kinder in their lives, to be connected to other people and their internal world.
1: And so it's sort of been this book that's been waiting to be written. I think to be able to say to parents, You don't have to be everything. You don't have to be perfect. There's really, the science is clear that there's this one thing that can be our north star in providing our kids the best opportunity for their development to thrive. That is such a message of hope. And so we had to write this book. It was just something that was burning inside of us that we feel is so important for all people in any relationship.
2: If I had to describe what doing the audiobook with Jessica Kay here at Penguin Random House Audio, I would say it was fun, pure fun.
1: Fulfilling. You know, in a lot of ways, writing a book is like gestation. And I feel like when the book comes out, it's like giving birth. And to go back and read the words that we worked so hard to construct, I felt really fulfilled as I was rereading these words and holding sort of my readers in mind and listeners.
2: I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word Herculean because I pronounced it Herculean. And Jessica Kaye said, hold on one second, let's check the pronunciation. And she was right. Just like you would say Hercules, it's Herculean. And that was a Herculean effort of hers to actually corral me in and make me say Herculean instead of Herculean. And I am very grateful.
1: Yeah, I realized I had trouble with the word coherent. I didn't know if it was coherent or coherent. We settled on coherent. Also, the word epistemic is actually epistemic. So that was an interesting one for me to practice. I'm excited listeners will get to hear this really important science that has been ongoing across the world and what it means for their daily moments, interacting with their kids or their significant others, and to know that The bottom line, the most important thing is we show up for each other. And I love that that's such a simple and practical walkaway message.
2: I think my ideal narrator would be the wonderful John O'Donohue. He passed in 2008, a dear friend and colleague, and we used to do wonderful teaching together. And I always would have loved to have done the book we were writing together here in the studio so john would have been a fabulous narrator
1: i think my dream narrator would be holly hunter she's got that like great kind of twangy raspy with lots of personality voice i've been married for 25 years to a texan and i'm a southern california girl so i think she's got that great like folksy just personality filled voice and that would be really fun the last audiobook I listened to and just absolutely loved and i am telling everyone about is Wildhood by Barbara Natterson Horowitz and Katherine Bowers. It talks about the adolescent journey, not just for humans, but across all kinds of species of animals and what we have in common. And I just thought it was fascinating, the stories she told. And I also just finished listening to John Barg's book, Before You Know It, and that was really interesting how our conscious mind is so often not aware of all of the forces that are acting upon us that we take in through all of our other senses and even things like the weather or a picture we passed by without even noticing we saw it, how all of these things influence how we think and act and feel and how once we're aware of that, we have a little bit more control over the forces that are acting upon us. And I found that fascinating as well. I love listening to audiobooks as I'm driving. Like, I get really into it when I'm listening. And if I'm doing it at home, like folding laundry or cooking or whatever, I just keep getting interrupted because I have three kids and a pet. So I think driving in the car by myself listening, that's my favorite because I can really kind of zone out and do it for longer chunks.
0: And now listen to a clip from the audiobook.
1: One message we deliver over and over whenever we write about parenting is that you don't have to be perfect. Nobody is. There's no such thing as flawless child-rearing. We'll pause while you let out a deep, relieved breath. So raise a warm Left in the Minivan juice box to all of us imperfect parents out there. At some level, we all know this, but many of us, especially committed, thoughtful, intentional parents, consistently fall prey to feelings of anxiety or inadequacy.
0: Hi, I'm Beth Newell. I'm the co-author of There's No Manual, Honest and Gory Wisdom About Having a Baby.
3: I am Jackie Ann Ruiz, co-author and illustrator of There's No Manual.
0: Jackie and I wrote this book because when we became pregnant, we felt like a lot of the books out there were giving us A lot of anxiety and overly high expectations of all the boxes we were supposed to check when we were becoming moms. And honestly, when you become pregnant, you're already pretty exhausted and terrified. So it's kind of a lot to have all of these other expectations heaped onto you. So we wanted to write this book that was more encouraging and acknowledging a lot of the realities about being pregnant and having a baby in the way that your friend would tell them to you.
3: Beth and I both got accidentally pregnant with our second babies around the same time, and we were exhausted living in different states and texting each other every day to basically keep each other alive. Eventually, we realized that we had been writing notes on the same book, and we combined forces to write the book that we wished we had had.
0: If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, it would be fun— easy
3: because nothing is as hard as being home with two small children and getting to concentrate fully without interruption for several hours felt like a special gift.
0: One word I realized I had trouble pronouncing while recording the audiobook was diastasis recti or diastasis recti. I honestly have forgotten it already.
3: Yeah, there's a section of the book where we are talking about different countries and how they honor women in postpartum and how they all have different traditions for how long women are allowed to rest. And so I had to say a Chinese word and a Japanese word. Zwa I'm still not sure I'm saying that right, but I did say it right in the recording. I think I'm most proud of the fact that I was able to conquer my childhood lisp and be understood clearly without having to say the same thing over too many times. That felt like a real accomplishment.
0: One thing I'm proud about is the way Jackie and I have been able to do it together and hopefully people will enjoy the way that our voices kind of bounce off one another throughout the book.
3: Okay, so if I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Michael Caine because I love his voice, but also because I would just really love to hear him talk to tired moms about placentas and engorgement.
0: My dream narrator would be Emma Thompson, because I think she would give it a lot of humor, but also sort of like a British sense of importance. (laughs) The last great audiobook I listened to was The View from Flyover Country by Sarah Kenzior. I just really love the information she's delivering about people from the middle of the country.
3: The last great audiobook that I listened to was Erin Gibson's Feminasty. She is a hilarious genius, and I learned a lot. And her impersonation of Mike Pence as a pirate with scurvy made me cry with laughter. I do listen to audiobooks, and I only started when I became a mom, but it is seriously the only way that I can consume books anymore. So my favorite place to listen is usually one earbud in while I'm doing dishes or something else so I can hear if someone screams on the other side of the house.
0: My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is on the train because I have a pretty long commute and it's nice to get some, not work done, but get some pleasure done. I don't know. (laughs) And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. Pregnancy causes a lot of stress and anxiety. Not only is your life about to become completely different, but your body is going through a horror movie transformation. You'll lie awake wondering if you're ready to have a child and whether you've already somehow ruined it. You'll wonder how this baby will impact the career that is helping you afford to have a baby in the first place. You'll conduct nonstop assessments of your partner's parenting ability. You'll think, what am I doing as you recount your family health history? And everyone will be staring at your body all of the
4: time. Hi, this is Cara Natterson, author of Decoding Boys, New Science Behind the Subtle Art of Raising Sons. I wrote my book because despite promising myself that I would never again write a book in the parenting space, the crowdedness of that field left the question of how we raise our boys completely unaddressed and unanswered. I kept looking for books written by pediatricians or people with medical backgrounds helping to explain boy puberty, and there was nothing. There are wonderful books by psychologists, but even those are few and far between. And I had written these puberty books for both girls and then boys over the last several years directed at the kids. Parents called me with all of these questions largely about their sons because there was nothing for them to read. So that's what inspired me, that and my own son, who was a tween and is now a teen, and I was living it. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be, wow. (laughs) It's so wow. It's crazy to hear your own voice in a booth for several hours. My husband joked when I came home at the end of the first night that now I understand what life is like for him. (laughs) But it was a thrill. It's a very big thrill to record it. I realized I had trouble pronouncing archetype. I kept saying archetype. Now I'm going to walk around saying archetype all day. I'm proud that I was able to inflect. I'm not much of a performer, so it was fun to read the book and having been so deep in the words for so long and creating it to put voice and inflection to it. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I absolutely would have cast Michelle Obama, even though she doesn't have sons. Oh, gosh, I listen to audiobooks constantly, and I love them all for different reasons, but... The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was, I would have to say, To Kill a Mockingbird, because when I last read it, there was no such thing as an audiobook, so that was wild. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is on a dog walk. And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. The Sex Hormones namely estrogen and testosterone, affect the brain, a fact widely known for many decades. Generally speaking, estrogen gets credit for things like learning and memory, while testosterone gets to claim sex drive. I'm drastically oversimplifying here, but my point is that hormones don't circulate solely below the neck. Rather, they have profound effects on the way we think.
1: Next listen.